Yeah, so we have built a standards aligned curriculum and training for teachers in drone coding, 3D printing, robotics, artificial intelligence, cybersecurity. We have a new course coming out in uh, renewable and solar energy, as well as Internet of Things. So a lot of these uh, emerging technologies is what we focus on, and our goal is to bring that into every classroom in the States. Welcome to the Ed Gap Evolution Podcast. I'm your host, Mariah Phillips. You can call me Mariah because that's my name. And I'm thrilled to have you on this journey with me and all of the spectacular guests who jump on the podcast to give you more options for educating children so that children have more options for building a magnificent future. The Ed Gap Evolution Podcast is a digital community where parents, educators, and innovators drop the details on how they are using their lives to help children explore the vastness of education beyond the textbook so that we can close America's education gap together. And just in case you didn't get the memo, producing a podcast is a whole lot of work. We're talking schedule coordination, production, the list goes on and on. So in return for bringing you this show every week, we just ask that you always find a way to share and use what you learn on the podcast to enrich children and families everywhere. Alrighty, without further ado, come along with me to meet our very next guest. Today, we're talking to Udit Argawal. He's the founder and program director of NextWave STEM, a company that creates educational experiences using emerging technologies to ignite a passion for learning that leads to improved academic outcomes and opens up new opportunities post high school and throughout one's career. Udit is hailing from Chicago, Illinois, but his story begins in India, where he was born and raised until he moved to the U.S. with his family as a teen. We'll jump into Udit's story in a bit. But first, Udit, welcome to the show. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me. Uh, We're so glad to have you here. Thanks so much for joining us. And so I want folks to get a chance to know you a bit. Um, Before we jump into, you know, talking about business and, and STEM and things like that in the economy, what three things should anyone know about you before they know anything else? Yeah, I would say I'm a minimalist. I have a very minimalist mindset. Um, enjoy basketball. I learn and connect through traveling. Those would probably be the uh, top three things that comes to mind. I, I know some folks have gotten back out on the road and in planes now. Have you traveled since the pandemic or are you still like waiting? Just uh, I have been to one or two places, uh, nothing crazy. But before the pandemic, I was actually traveling for a few months uh, just with a suitcase and I was able to visit at least six or seven different places. I was I was doing that for a good almost four to five months. Uh, got to travel nationally and internationally, and uh, yeah, I was able to to do it just with one suitcase. And I wasn't even um, I didn't even know that was possible <laughs> that I can live in with just one suitcase. That is so cool. I don't think it is possible for me. I think I bring like twelve suitcases for a three day trip. But I'm glad. <laughs> you could do it um so for for those who we're going to talk a lot about stem in this episode but for those who don't know what stem is could you do you mind explaining that to us absolutely so stem stands for science technology engineering mathematics And so your mission at Next Wave STEM, which I mentioned in the introduction, is to spark the next generation's interest in STEM. So I'm wondering um, if you could tell us why do we need to spark the next generation's interest in STEM? Like, is it possible that that spark could come naturally to kids without us adults being involved? Or do we absolutely need to be involved? 
I think it's a combination of both. I think it starts with opportunities and exposure. So for example, if I am interested in something today, chances are I saw or saw something or someone told me about something for me to be even interested in something specific. So I believe STEM works very similar. Um, I think we have to create more opportunities, more um, opportunities for students to be exposed to these, uh, to STEM, in particular, the 21st century skills, with tar- which targets on collaboration, digital literacy, critical thinking, problem solving. And I think these skills are just so important uh, on a day-to-day basis that you know it can really change someone's life. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, especially with uh, not just, um, you know, kids, but with adults and all of us, what we've been through over the past year and some change um, with virtual learning, you know, there have been so many great alternatives. But at the same time, there have been a lot of students nationwide, I'm sure worldwide that have been left behind. And like you said, those skills as far as collaboration and all the skills that 21st century learning skills um, offer, they're just so essential to helping children um, really delve into what they enjoy and, and do giving a platform really providing a platform where they can learn to fail without fear right uh allows for adaptability you know learning that at an early age can really uh come in handy at a time like pandemic for example right we we, we don't expect it but if it happens it just allows us to be um um you know these all of these 21st century skills can come in very handy Absolutely. Adaptability is so important. So I'm wondering, um, when you were a kid, maybe like ages five to 12, what did you want to be when you grew up? Like, what were your interests? So quite frankly, uh, I didn't have a lot of interest. Uh, my Most of my spare time was spent with my dad at his business. And uh, uh, so I did a number of things for him growing up, uh, such as, you know, he will take me to his shop and I'm doing anything from sales and marketing to providing customer service to the guests or customers. And he pretty much, you know, it was just free labor at that point. Um, But I think the value comes now as an adult where, you know, those things stay with you forever. And now it helps me personally in the real world on how, how, how that works Uh, and having exposure to it really, uh, you know, it's, it's a game changer. Um, you know, having real world experience at your fingertips at an early age. Um, I think finally, I, I feel that, you know, that was all all worth it. And, uh, you know, um, and then apart from that, I wanted to be a pilot uh, out of uh, out of all the things because airplanes are just uh, so fascinating to me uh, at an early age. So, yeah. I've interviewed quite a few people on the podcast at this point, and it's really cool to hear how those things that happen in childhood usually always come full circle as far as, like you said, you had that, you might not have liked it so much as a kid, but like you had that experience watching your dad run his business and you liked aviation and like that sort of adaptability um, and also aviation really shows up in what you're doing um, present day with Next Wave STEM, which we'll, we'll get into in a bit. And yep. um I'd love to talk even more about your stories. Um, thinking back on your first day um, or your first week as a student in the American classroom, do you remember what that was like or what did you think? Were you like, get me out of here or was it exciting and new for you? Yeah, it was It was different. Um, I was definitely nervous, but excited at the same time. 
Uh, it was very different from being, um, uh, you know, attending any of the schools I attended in India uh, to compare that versus the American classrooms. Very different. Um, I think as a as a student, uh, definitely more freedom, which I liked um, here in the classrooms and in the schools. That was a good part. Um, a lot of use of technology, which is great. Um, yeah, so there there was a lot of lot of great things, but uh, you know it was kind of like a new chapter for me, and uh, it was definitely a learning curve and getting used to the culture, getting used to, um, you know, I didn't I wasn't very good at English, um, so you know, kind of learned learned it over time. Um, yeah, so it was overall good experience. That's good. I mean, I don't always hear that, so I'm my. <laughs> glad your experience was good my first experience in the classroom uh when I mean because I was homeschooled and also went to public school so um when I would sometimes switch back and forth from homeschool to public school it's not the same as moving from a different country but I was just like this petrified shy kid so (laughs) new experiences are different for everybody definitely more freedom uh I can guess from you know homeschooling or uh, going attending a school in a country like India, definitely, you know, there's a lot going on in the school here. Mm-hmm. Um, just the way things work, and um, yeah, and I, I think it's it's uh, it's it's a good thing. And you mentioned a few minutes ago how your dad uh, did own a store, and how you did come from a family do come from a family of entrepreneurs. And I heard on another podcast your brother's an entrepreneur too, right? Yes. Okay, cool. And so I'm wondering, um, aside from the the technical skills like the marketing and sales and things that you learned um, from them, what are some like maybe two valuable lessons that you feel that you learned by watching them prior to starting your own business that you really feel like kind of um, rescued you in a way from mistakes that you could have made um, but but didn't? Yeah, I think just um, understanding, seeing how you run a business from the from the back end, mm-hmm. um, and just dedication and hard work. You know, having the mentality of do what it takes. Um, you know, as an entrepreneur, that's really important. Um, and yeah, I mean, to be successful, you have to really. There is no forty-hour week. Um, you know, um, a lot of times I find myself working, even if I'm not in front of a computer, uh, you know, my brain is always thinking, thinking about what's next. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sort of, you know, living in the future and, uh, yeah, but those are some of the skills, uh, just hard work, dedication, and, uh, um, you know, kind of be, be realistic, yeah. And hard work and dedication. Um, I really appreciate how, you know, you got that from your father and brother, you bought it into your own life. And now you're transferring those skills to the students who get to receive um, STEM skills, you know, uh, the programs that you offer through Next Wave STEM. So I'd love for you to tell us, tell listeners what programs Next Wave STEM actually offers. Yeah, so we have built a standards aligned curriculum and training for teachers in drone coding, 3D printing, robotics, artificial intelligence, cybersecurity. We have a new course coming out in uh, renewable and solar energy, as well as Internet of Things. So a lot of these uh, emerging technologies is what we focus on, and our goal is to bring that into every classroom in the States. I was going to save this question for later, but I feel like I should bring it up now because um, I didn't know that you had 
had uh, added solar and renewable energy. I think that's really cool. So I want to play a little game right now um, so that folks can just learn about, because a lot of times when we talk about things like drones and solar and renewable energy, for those of us who are in the STEM world often or who talk about it often, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, I get exactly what you're talking about. But sometimes for folks who maybe they're just dropping in on this type of conversation, they may want a little bit deeper of an understanding of what we mean. So I'm going to read off three programs that Next Wave STEM offers. And can you tell us how um, the skills that that particular program offers helps a child become a critical thinker and a problem solver? Absolutely. Okay, That's a great cool. game. <laughs> okay, cool. So first, 3D printing and design. Yeah, so 3D printing and design, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of uh, um, design work that goes into it. Really, we allow students to think about something they would like to create using a software and uh, something that they can make at home. So, you know, it's part of the maker movement. Why buy it when you can make it at home? And that's really important. So, you know, as um, you know, so we don't have to buy everything from outside from the market. Yeah. So, you know, it could be something as simple as, um, you know, we'll take the pandemic example. A lot of uh, we were doing a course on how to create, how to make masks or face shields at home using a 3D printer. Wow. That is, that's, that's just not something kids get to do every day in school. What were the, do you know um, what the kids' reactions were to, to that sort of thing? Yeah, I mean, it was, there was a lot of excitement. Um, it's a, uh, as good of an example, you know, we had a pandemic going on, uh, everyone's at home. How can we create something that, that's, uh, you know, that's going to come, uh, that's going to help us, um, right, for the current, you know, during the current situation we were all in. Uh, so there was a lot of excitement, you know, there was obviously other things happening. So this was our way to, you know, bring in some excitement that, hey, we can create resources from home by working together. Yeah, that's so special. Um, and so how about coding and robotics? Yeah, coding and robotics, um, you know, think of uh, there's a, I guess, one of the examples would be, you know, there's a vacuum cleaner. Uh, there's a few companies out there. Uh, that have vacuum cleaners that are pretty much robots, uh, which are coded a certain way to do certain things for you. So it's almost like uh, the way you can think as robot can pretty much be your assistant in a way that can help do day-to-day tasks. Um, you know, it's it's not necessarily a problem you're solving, but you're creating more bandwidth for yourself so you can do more in a day. Um, and you're critically thinking about, you know, what can I automate or what can, um, what can I code my robot to do that can, um, yeah, that can really, you know, make my life easier and, uh, also so I can do more with my day. It's funny that you say that because I, um, I often interview, um, for different reasons, um, for work reasons, but teachers and also, um, parents or like administrators of schools. And one of the biggest, um, I guess, I don't want to say struggles, but one of the biggest things that a lot of adults have observed that kids are dealing with nowadays is a lack of self-problem solving, like maybe just relying on adults or people around them to do a lot of things for them. And I think that uh, how you explain coding robotics, you know, you're able to think more throughout your day about how can I solve this problem or program something to solve a problem for you. 
it's like in direct alignment with addressing that issue of um, unhealthy codependency that's that um, I've, I've heard that a lot of students have somehow gathered <laughs> over the past couple of years and yeah. also innovation. Yeah, a lot of room for innovation. This really, you know, the ro- the robot vacuum is is an innovation, and it's really a, um, you know, learning going through a robotics course, learning about what robotics is, and really, it's a uh, can open up millions of of opportunities and uh, innovation that can come from it. Yeah, definitely. So the third one is the solar solar and renewable energy. So with that course, for example, um, one of the things, um, one of our goals with that is, so think about right now, we are switching everything to LED or solar um, and going with, you know, a lot of the renewable energies. So one of the examples would be if a school puts a, puts, go solar with their school building or LED. How can we bring in, this was actually, I was talking to our team the other day about this, um, and I want to use this example here. How about we change our questioning in their, in one of their classes to have students calculate, hey, we went from the old technology to something renewable and a new technology. This could be a, a good test question. Help us calculate how much money the school saved by going solar or LED. Um, and I think students will start to see, um, start to make connections with, with the real world. Mm-hmm. If we change our questioning to something that's already happening in the building versus, you know, the traditional example of, you know, what's two plus two, two apples and, you know, two bananas, right? right. We can really change our questioning around how we do testing and uh, how we can get students involved with what's happening in the school building. Yeah, absolutely. Really connecting to the world around them in so many different ways. I think it's great when when kids get to experience things like this, because oftentimes it can be conventional, quote unquote, uh, opinion that kids have to wait until they turn 21 or until they turn 32 or, you know, they're no longer kids to start doing things like this. But what you're saying here with the with the um, program that you're offering or the course that you're offering is that kids can start to to access the world around them and do things like this. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, And you talk a lot about um, in different things that I've seen you comment on or different articles about um, the future, you know, the job market of next week's STEM really helping to usher in that next wave of thinkers for um, the U.S. job market or even the global job market. And we know as far as tech and energy and things like that, it's the future and the future is now. So what do you foresee the U.S. or global job market looking like in even in, say, maybe 10 to 15 years? And how is Next Wave preparing students for that? Yeah, I think the way we do things is changing and it's changing even faster because of the pandemic. And uh, the skills that we teach early on is going to help students prepare for these, for how uh, things are changing and uh, how we're adapting to new technologies, the new way of doing things. That's going to be really important. So, um, and part of it, you know, uh, we tackle this in our program is we provide um, these different experiences that make students go through different uh, lessons and activities that help students start to think that way. And, you know, 
um, help them better prepare for uh, what's what, uh, you know, in, whether if it's a real world or you know, it, it could be professional and personal. Yeah, I I was talking to someone the other day um, about the different job titles that are out here. I know a lot of folks, especially after the pandemic, had to either try and find new jobs during the pandemic or, you know, jobs are now opening up a bit more. So they're searching for new jobs now. And from both the recruiter perspective and the applicant perspective, a lot of there's a disconnect between um the skills needed and the skills that people are bringing to the table and also the job titles that people are looking for versus what job titles actually are now. And I, I find it really interesting because it's, it's clear that the skills that are being sought out and the job titles that are available are just not even the same as they were five years ago. And so um, I think, you know, that's why the work that you're doing here is so important. And I'm glad that um, how, how many districts are you in now, school districts? We work with over 200 schools. Okay. Work with over 200 schools. That's awesome. So I'm glad that over 200 schools are, you know, you're equi- helping equip these kids with the skills that they're clearly going to need pretty soon. Yes. Um, and so in, in conjunction with that, it's also no secret that the U.S. economy has been in a shaky state for quite some time now. Um, I don't know. And I, I'm big on watching stocks and investing. I don't, and, you know, my blood pressure is up and down. <laughs> but um, What are the chances that prioritizing STEM education for children can help improve our economy? Yeah, I mean, I mean there's a direct connection, um, you know, with... STEM, uh, there's obviously so many jobs available, uh, uh, STEM jobs available, and there's going to be even more jobs available because everything's shifting towards technology and technology is such a big part of STEM. And uh, so I think more exposure we can give our students uh, early on, uh, better we're preparing them for the future, for the economy. And really the real world experience is what counts the most uh, where you know, um, and uh, that's why, you know, what we're doing at Next Wave STEM and other organizations are doing is is so important. So we can really uh, put the students on the right path and um, allow them to be successful. And I think it also goes back to that adaptability piece that you were talking about, you know, especially when it comes to times where we've all, I mean, not everybody was born in 2008, but you and I surely were here on planet earth. Um, and also here, you know, different times where, where it's, where it's been a shaky economy. And, um, as far as adaptability, it really takes innovative minds, you know, and a collective effort for people to come together and say, okay, the way we're doing things, the old way isn't working. What are we going to do and how are we going to pull what doesn't exist together <laughs> and make sure that we can uh, keep the, keep things going, you know, and, and maybe create a new reality yeah, for ourselves. Keep, keep innovating. Yes, exactly. Um, and so you, um, I don't know how much you work directly with kids nowadays, because clearly you're running this company that's really taken off. But I'm wondering if you can recall a time where a child's words changed your life forever. And if so, what was said? Yeah, I would say it was more of an expression. So, um, I've seen a lot of aha moments from students by, you know, just going through some of our program. And I think that really, um, that really excited me to what we're doing and see it working. And, and um, so, yeah, it wasn't really what, what they, what the students said, but, uh, but it was more of the expression and the excitement that I saw 
that really uh you know keeps me going and and just you know um give it my all to to the program and uh you know and to bring these opportunities to more students and you know uh discover those moments even more that makes total sense i mean it's like we can't even lie and say that every time we see a kid's face in the classroom that they are bright-eyed and bushy-tailed sometimes they look like they're absolutely miserable so you know for you to have that experience of creating something bringing it to the world and and able to get that reaction out of students and clearly help a light bulb go off in their head about something they may not have been aware of, or, you know, something that they may have been aware of. And now they're even more into is really cool. Um, and so I had the pleasure of listening to, I can't remember what the show was called, but you were on another podcast being interviewed. And I really like this quote of yours from the interview. Um, you said, uh, when it comes to entrepreneurship or life in general, you have to do what it takes to make things happen and you have to learn how to fail without fear. And I even heard you mention that again um, in uh, a few questions back. And so I would love to know from your perspective, how can we as adults benefit from taking that advice um, that you gave in that quote? Yeah, um, it's uh you know it's it's kind of, it's the uh, the mindset that we have to be in that if we are going after something we have to we can take the l and just understand and uh you know work hard and n- not be afraid to fail a lot of times you know we tend to give up on things but it's the uh you know once we build a mindset of you know there is no failing uh, even if you really fail, there's always something to learn. Um, before I started Next Wave STEM, I've um, I've had two businesses that weren't successful. Um, so yes, I did fail, but now it's helping run an organization that um, you know I'm proud of. I have a team that's dedicated, uh, committed to our mission and vision, and uh, and yeah. So you know, even if it's a fail, it's not really a fail because there's some learning happening there which you can carry on and it's going to stay with you forever. Awesome. Yeah. It's, it's like, you know, failures can really just push you into more of the direction that you're supposed to go into and prepare you for what you're going to do in the future. So I really appreciate you joining us today, Udit. I appreciate the wisdom that you dropped, um, you sharing your story with us. And I'm so excited, you know, for more people to get a hold of the programs and courses that you offer. Um, so could you tell listeners how t- they can learn more about Next Wave STEM? Maybe someone might be interested in bringing it to their school. Where can they find, find out more? Yeah. So our website is nextwavestem.com. And our, uh, we can also be found on social media. Uh, we're on Facebook um, forward slash Next Wave STEM. Uh, we're also on Twitter, LinkedIn. And uh, really uh, check us out on our website would be the best way. All the information or most of the information is there. And, uh, you know, we have a team that would be uh, delighted to, um, to customize a program. Oh, so you guys, you customize programs for people too. It's not like they just have to get cut and dry what's on there. Exactly. Yeah, we try to we try to customize to an extent um, to really give schools and the kids what will be most successful for them. 
Okay, perfect. Well, thank you so much, Uda. And everybody, you know where to find Next Wave STEM. Clearly, they're on almost every social media platform that is out here to be on. Um, so definitely check the program out. If you know folks or you know school administrators who would be interested in something like this, share it so that we can get children and families the resources that they need to thrive. Um, Uda, have a wonderful day. And thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Have a great day as well. Appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye. So what'd you think? How will you take what you learned today on the EdGap Evolution podcast to make sure that more children and families know that they have more options for building a magnificent future? If you like what you heard and want to get notified when the next episode goes live, please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll notify you when the next episode is out. Don't forget to check the show notes where I share information on today's guests. And yes, we do have a website. You can always pop in on us at www.eggapevolution.com. Again, I'm Mariah Phillips, and I leave you with this. Embrace the evolution, y'all.